You are now listening to the football spectacle, the ultimate home of football. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Archie, and you are listening to the football spectacle. Today, um, it is we're going back to the olden days. It's just me and Nick today. Nick, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. It's fun to uh, get the OGs together. Absolutely, it is. We're uh, yeah, we're running it back. Um, we have uh, ditched our two new boys, but uh, we hope they are doing well as wherever they are. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be us today. And um, as we thought that the uh, Champions League group stage has just ended, um, we thought we would bring you all the little winners and losers um, of the Champions League. We're pretty much, um, Nick and I have picked um, three teams we think have been winners in this Champions League group stage and three teams that we think have been losers. We're going to talk about them, why we think they are a winner or a loser. Um, pretty much just break down these um, kind of crazy Champions League groups. Um, and as we look forward to the round of 16, um, yeah, we'll just kind of see, you know, what teams did well, put themselves in a good position, and what teams maybe did not or will not be continuing on in the Champions League. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. And we may as well start off with a positive note and start talking about a winner. Um, Nick, do you have a um, selection for a winning team that you want to start off with? Yeah, I was thinking of FC Copenhagen. Um, They were in a very difficult group with Bayern, Manchester United, and Galatasaray, which all three, any of those teams could have qualified. Um, And yet they beat out Galatasaray and United, including some really exciting games, especially the one against Manchester United in Denmark. Um, It finished 4-3, and it was just... That was an experience to watch. Really exciting. And they just played good football, got results against everyone. Um, really even put put up a fight against Bayern, which I thought was really impressive. Bayern looked really good this year um, and deserved to go to the next round. And I don't think they'll do much once they reach the knockouts, but it's really exciting to see a team outside of the top five leagues beat some really top teams and go through. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, they looked down and out in this group. Um, one point through three game, through, through the first three games looked not too promising. But then they came back, as you were saying, it was some really strong performances. You know, I mean, even in their losses in the group, they only lost 2-1 to Bayern and 1-0 to United. And then they came back, um, got a big win against United in that crazy 4-3 game, um, which was so exciting. Um, managed to hold Bayern to a 0-0 draw, um, which was also a very great result for them. And then that last game against Galatasaray as well was also a pretty insane game. Um, so, you know, they were able to compete with every team in the group. And I think, you know, rightfully, as you were saying, Nick, they deserve to be in the round of 16. Um, I think Galatasaray could have also been there. I, I liked what they were playing, um, especially when they played United as well. I thought they were very strong as well. Um, however, Copen- Copenhagen looked great. Um yeah, and I thoroughly think, as you were saying, they may um, struggle in the round of 16, and I think a lot of the teams who came first in their group are going to be eyeing that fixture and hoping that they um, they pull Copenhagen in the next draw. But, um, hey, you never know. Like, we've seen um, we've seen Wilder fairy tale stories before. Um, and, yeah, I was very impressed by impressed by their play. Um, and, yeah, we'll talk about later um, about a team who, who was a loser in this group. Um However, yeah, Copenhagen played very well. They deserve to be in their place where they were. Yeah, it, it's 
interesting to see what will happen in January if anyone's going to come in for their top players. I was thinking of Rooney. Oh, I can't pronounce this name. Bargi, mm-hmm. Bar, I, I, I have no idea. The Swedish winger. Um, there's a lot of rumors that top team might come and pluck him up, whether that's Bayern or I've heard United were interested. Um, so yeah. maybe they could get decimated by the time they play a knockout round game, but. They can keep it yeah. together. I'm sure they'll at least put up a fight against someone. Hopefully, they don't come up against a Real Madrid or a Arsenal or Man City. But even if they get like Real Sociedad, Atletico, Dortmund, it could be a pretty, a really good tie. Absolutely, and it's a shame that you know. I mean, it's good for the players, obviously, getting getting this exposure to get these big moves. But it's a shame for the club, um, you know, who unfortunately may lose some of their best players. Um, in the January transfer window, but they've done some pretty good business recently as well. Um, they brought in someone like Mohamed El Yanoussi, who I don't even think is playing much, but he's been a great player. Um, they got some other class players. Diogo Goncalves has been really good for them. Um, they got like Kevin Dix at the back. He's a class player. Um, I was actually Andreas lucky enough. Andreas Cornelius. To... Yeah. I love Andreas Cornelius. <laughs> he's awesome. I can't yeah. believe he's was... in Denmark now or back in Denmark. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It seems like Danish players are quite loyal to their um, to their country. I guess they really like Denmark. I mean, it sounds like a pretty cool place to live. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to be in Copenhagen um, this summer and managed to watch um, one of their preseason games. Um, and that was a pretty cool experience. And I got to see a couple of their players play. Um, I believe it's Peter Ankerson, who is one of their older players. Um, and um, I believe Rasmus Falk was playing as well. Um, so their captain, um, which was really cool to see. Um, yeah, that's sick. Yeah, yeah. So that was super cool, and yeah, I was I was thrown. I was pretty chuffed when I saw them uh, saw them do well as well. So um, yeah, that was super exciting to see. Um, yeah, good luck charm, I guess. I guess so. I guess so. Why don't we move on to a loser, and we may as well just stay in the same group? Why don't we, Nick? Sure. Um, obviously, it's Manchester United who embarrassed themselves. Uh, they looked awful they were conceding comical goals left and right onana that's he maybe had the worst champions league campaign i've ever seen anyone have uh they couldn't score they were being run in circles by teams they should be beating like no offense to copenhagen or galatasaray but manchester united have spent a lot of money they have a ton of big name players and they got embarrassed almost every time they played and fair enough they lost to byron twice that's no surprise. Bayern looked really good. Bayern also had some pretty terrible games against them. They didn't even look like they were trying at times and still managed to beat them twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it wasn't even that their problem was scoring goals because they managed to score quite a lot of goals. You know, they had um, three games where they scored three goals. Um, and it was just, they were just so weak at the back. And a big part of that was Onana. He was just quite terrible for most of the most of the Champions League campaign. I mean, he's got a 63 save percentage. Like, that's pretty tragic. And I'm sure he's probably got, like, I don't know, six errors leading to goals or something ridiculous because he was just doing insane things left, right, and center. Um, obviously, they have had, you know, some center-back troubles as well with Lissandra Martinez being out. Um, you know, Harry Maguire's revival has been quite a positive, I guess, for them. But, um, you know, even with the controversy around Varane, I mean, we just did our Man United episode. We don't need to go into it too much. But, 
you know, it was just a poor Champions League campaign for, for United and it's really piled the pressure onto Ten Hag, I think. Um, and it's, yeah, being reflective. And I think um, this weekend, their game against Liverpool will be a massive decider for, for Ten Hag's career moving forward. I think there's a good chance they lose 4 nothing, 5-1, 6 nothing, 9 nothing. Uh, I yeah. can't see them doing well. Anyways, um, it's crazy because they scored three goals in three games, or sorry, in three separate games, and they didn't win any of those. Like That's unacceptable at this level. Absolutely, yeah. They played in a lot of thrillers, which made for entertaining football to watch. But yeah, it's, um, it's pretty embarrassing for them. Um, you know, even losing 2-3 to, um, to Galatasaray as well. You know, lots of high-scoring games. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, it's not... It's not like United to concede that many goals and obviously something needs to change. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, a bright spot we could also see in the team was Rasmus Hoyland as well, who struggled to kind of get it going in the Prem, managed to score five goals in this Champions League campaign where he, he looked quite bright in some some aspects. Yeah, I mean, he still hasn't scored in the Premier League, but he's doing it on the biggest stage. So I think it's too early to call him a flop or anything like that. Um, he showed a lot of talent, I thought, and he scored so goals in really big games as well like he scored against Bayern for example um yeah I thought he was really really exciting to watch and definitely I mean he's top scorer currently of the Champions League and he won't eventually he won't be the top scorer or I assume not um because they're out but yeah definitely right top right spot probably the only bright spot yeah I would say so um yeah i I highly doubt he'll end up as the top goal scorer. I mean, he's got the same amount as Griezmann and Morata, and they are moving on to the next round. So um, it's highly unlikely, but yeah, good campaign campaign for him. So at least he can hold his head high in the Champions League. Um, but for the rest of United, there is some serious, serious work to be done on that club. And if you do want to hear more about that, please check out our How to Save Manchester United video, which we just posted up last week. So yeah, go and check that out. Um, yeah, moving swiftly forwards. Let's go back to the bright side and let's go to another winner. And um, why don't we travel all the way down to Group D? Um, it seems like a lot of the groups, like some of the groups were quite predictable. Let's say Group B and Group C were quite predictable with Arsenal and PSV going through and Madrid and Napoli going through. Um, however, a shock in Group D may have been that Real Sociedad took the top spot. So I think we're going to say they're a winner, right? Yeah, and they looked really good. They are having a really good year as well in the league. But being paired up with Inter, who are one of the best teams in the world for the last couple of years and who have been just dominating teams, whoever they play. Um, to get through them, it's really impressive. And to knock out Benfica as well. I know they're not having a great season, but still quite impressive, if you ask me. Um, I don't think anyone expected them to win. Even to qualify, I don't think many expect people expected that. Everyone, I, myself included, totally thought Benfica was going through. Even Salzburg. Um, it's not an easy group and they managed to do really well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think what was most impressive um, for me was their defensive um, acumen. They only conceded two goals in the whole of the group campaign there, um, which is extremely impressive. And, you know, against teams like Inter, um, against the teams like Benfica, which, you know, did struggle um, in the group and have been kind of struggling this year. But, you know, I mean, there's no, they're no short of, of firepower um, up front. Um, so, yeah, incredible defensive play. 
Um, yeah, you know, you look at the likes of um, Alex Ramiro and that he was great. Um, Lenormand in defense as well and center back. Um, yeah, they got some great, great players. Um, and moving forward, you know, if they can keep their defensive stability um, going on, um, you know, keep things going up front. Um, I really like um, Kubo, um, Japanese winger. He's great. Um, Oyarzabal has always been a class player for Spain. Um, yeah, even Mikel Moreno and Zuba Mendy, I think they're both of them could be set for big moves next summer. So I think a lot of eyes will be on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zuba Mendy's been in contact with Barcelona for a long time, hasn't he? So yeah, he's looking for a big move. Um, yeah, really exciting stuff for them. And yeah, to um, to hold Inter on the last day to to a nil nil draw um, was just enough for them to to keep them on top. So yeah, great result for them. Um, and yeah, you know, they'll be, um, that's the difference between them, um, you know, playing a super powerhouse who did finish at the top of their um, group versus, you know, some teams maybe like Copenhagen who finished second in their group. Um, so, you know, things are looking slightly brighter for Sociedad as maybe they're not for Inter Milan, which even though they did qualify for their round of 16, um, it wasn't, you know, I guess we could say it was slightly disappointing that they didn't finish top of their group. Yeah, and I, they're doing so well in the league. You'd think that they'd be able to rest some players in the league and make sure they win their group because now they have to play a Man City, an Atletico, a Real Madrid instead of having an easy um, first round in the knockout stage. So they just put themselves in a tough position. I mean, are they really losers per se? No. I mean, they did get through, but I just don't think they did as well as they hoped or as anyone expected. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as you're saying, like they've been doing so well in the league. Um, you know, they've looked very dominant, looked um, just like their, I guess it wasn't last season, but the season before that, when they just looked so good. Um, they're getting back to their ways there. But yeah, um, I guess they just had some um, some games just not go their way. I mean, they did go unbeaten in the, in the group stage, um, you know, which obviously proves that they're a great team. Um, but, you know, some costly draws, 3-3 to Benfica. Um, as we were saying, two draws to Real Sociedad, nil-nil um, nil on the last day, 1-1 one, one on the starting day. Um, you know, was, I guess what was the reason why, um, you know, they didn't they didn't um, get top of the group. So, um, you know, I, as you were saying, it's definitely not a, you know, they're not losers per se because they still had a decent group stage, but... It's just more the fact that um, Sociedad did take the crown, um, and now they are looking at a difficult fixture moving into the round of 16. Yeah, that game they mentioned with the 3-3 with Benfica was insane. I'm not sure if you watched it, um, but Jao Mario, who Inter bought for $45 million in, I want to say, 2016, absolutely flopped there. They kicked him out, sent him out for free to Benfica, and he scored a first-half hat-trick against them. And then the second half, Inter scored three goals to tie it up. It was just crazy. <laughs> really good game. Um, yeah, kind of embarrassing um, having that guy score against you three times, but it's what it is. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny because João, João Mara, as soon as he kind of moved to Benfica, he's kind of looked incredible. Like, uh, he's been scoring a bunch of goals last season. I think he was close to the Golden Boot in the Portuguese League. Um yeah, so sometimes it can just happen like that. And yeah, it comes back and uh, bites his old team in the butt. Yeah, absolutely. Should we move on to our next or our final winner? 
Yeah, absolutely. And our final winner is, if I will just pull it up here, I believe we're heading over to the group of death now, correct? Yes. Um, I had Dortmund, who topped the group of death as a huge surprise to everyone. Um, I think a lot of people saw Dortmund either finishing third or fourth. And yet they looked really good. They beat Milan at San Siro, beat Newcastle um, at St. James Park. Were able to draw PSG in one of the games. They did lose one too. They just did really well. Um, and I think deservedly top the group. They look like the best team, if you ask me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And all things considered, I mean, they kind of been did a reverse into Milan because they haven't looked great in the league. Um, you know, they're fifth in the Bundesliga right now um, with a average record. They haven't looked like anything special like the Leverkusen's or the Bayern Munich's of the league. But in the Champions League, they've just turned it up um, a notch and, you know, we're able to get some huge results. Um, obviously, they got both wins over Newcastle, um, which I guess was also kind of Newcastle's downfall. Um, yeah, and winning three games on the trot and winning that game against Milan as well was was huge. Um, so yeah, you know, very um, very good stuff from um, from Dortmund. You know, they got a lot of talent in their team as well. Um, you look up and down, and you you'd be quite surprised seeing this team in fifth in the Bundesliga right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're obviously showing their talent in the Champions League, and you know, as we've been saying um, with Real Sociedad and Inter. Dortmund has now set themselves up for a pretty, um, you know, hopefully a more comfortable um, round of 16 game, which could see them propel into the next into the next um, stage if, if they draw a nice fixture. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we can go on to our final loser, who is in the same group and also qualified. They looked pretty terrible. I think they were very lucky to get through. Um, they only got through a goal difference. And that is PSG who, yes, they have a new project. Yes, they've bought a new, lot of new players and got rid of Messi and Neymar, um, have a new coach with Luis Enrique coming in, but they did not look good at all. Um, they got smoked by Newcastle, which is tough. I mean, it's embarrassing if you're trying to win this whole competition. Um, they lost at San Siro to Milan, and no, they didn't lose to Dortmund, but they didn't look great in the draw last week. And I thought that it was very fortunate to get through. Mbappe has not looked himself, and it still looked exciting, but only one goal, I believe, and it was a penalty. An absolute BS penalty, if you ask me, against Newcastle. Um, yeah, he scored three goals. <laughs> three goals, okay. Um, but they've, again, not set themselves up for a good yeah. matchup in the next round. Um, they really don't want to come up against a City or a Bayern so that's what happened last year. They finished second in their group, played Bayern in the round of 16 and went out pretty quickly. And I don't see this team winning the Champions League this year. I just don't think they're at that level right now. And th yes, there's a lot of young players and they're growing together, but they just don't look exciting, if you ask me. Yeah, it's, um, you know, if there's any team that I would say is cursed in the Champions League, it seems like it's PSG. You know, every year we say, you know, they could go far. I think this year might be slightly different, but I mean, you still look at their team and they have bags of talent. Um, but again, they they slip up in the group stage, and now they're looking at a tough road to a tough road forward, even into the next round. And then, obviously, future rounds are only going to get more difficult. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, it would be, you know, if they pull a team like City, a Bayern, uh, Real Madrid, you know, they're going to be suffering and they're going to be underdogs moving into the next round. Yeah. And yeah, Mbappe was underperforming. The rest of the team weren't amazing. Um, you know, as you were saying, they conceded four goals to Newcastle, which, you know, for a team with that quality in defense is quite shocking. Um, you know, so not not a great record. Um, and yeah, you know, I, th- I think we also could have given the um, the losers medal in the group also to Newcastle as well. Um, however, I guess we kind of thought that, you know, Newcastle at the start of the group, coming into the Champions League, I'm sure they had very low expectations. It's their first time in the Champions League and God knows how long. Um, however, you know, as they kind of, you know, through their first couple of games, um, you know, after they did get that one against PSG, were, you know, they all, all of a sudden people were kind of, you know, writing them on, right? Um, and it took um, a couple of disappointing and probably tough results going, you know, going against them um, to kind of change the tide in the end and take it against Newcastle. Um, but yeah, they, they felt like losers, but they also didn't feel like losers if you think about it from the start of the, of the Champions League. Um, that's why we decided to go with PSG. But yeah, I mean, Nick, what do you think about Newcastle's kind of run in this in this group stage? Yeah, honestly, the loser could have been Milan as well. I just don't think. I don't know. It's, it was such a such a such a tough group. Um, mm-hmm. Anyone could have gone through. I think on the last day there was a moment where Newcastle were going to be second, and then it was Milan for a few minutes, and then it ended up being PSG. It was just kind of going back and forth. Um, Newcastle, they were just really hyped up. I don't. I didn't see them going through at the beginning of this. Um, I don't think they're as good as Dortmund, Milan, or PSG. There's a lot of hype around them that, like, I get it. They're they haven't been there in a long time, but they have a really good team. Like, they brought off Alexander Izik off the bench, like against Milan last week. We brought on Luka Jovic, and yet, so he got an, came on and got an assist. There's still a lot of really good players, and they easily could come back next year and do better. Like, there's obviously a project. I don't think they expected to be in the Champions League this early. Um, they definitely did ahead of schedule. But it's fun having a different English team in there as opposed to the regular Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool. It's fun to change it up once in a while and not have a non-Big Six team in, in it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? They also have been plagued by a couple of huge injury issues recently. Um, also, I mean, Sandra Tonali being out as well with the whole gambling fiasco. That's a huge thing. Um, but I mean, they suffer, suffered with Sven Botman being out. Um, Joe Linton just got injured today. Um, Fabian Schar also got injured today. Um, Sean Longstaff was out for a while. Um you know, they've had a couple of huge injury problems, but I mean, as you were saying, Nick, you know, I mean, they they have obviously had a lot of investment coming in from Saudi Arabia, which has helped them, but Eddie Howe's also just drilled a fantastic team there. Um, and, you know, he's able to create a very strong 4-3-3 system that's been working and, you know, players can be interchanged in and out. Um, also, young 17-year-old Lewis Miley, um, he's been a revelation and I believe he played in that last game against Milan. Um, yeah, he started. Yeah, and he's looking like a good player. Um, you know, even if you look at that game against Milan, I mean, I would say Newcastle in the first half dominated. Like, they were really, really good. Um, and then the second half, things just changed. Um, so, yeah, it really could have gone either way. Um, 
so yeah, I guess yeah, Newcastle are kind of a loser, but also, you know, as you were kind of just saying, Nick, they were kind of a bit overhyped as the as the groups group kind of went on. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just like they're not they aren't a loser per se, or maybe they are a loser, but it's hard really hard to justify calling them that when they're young. It's the first time in the Champions League, and yeah, a lot of stuff didn't go their way too, and a lot of injuries. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we, uh, if we kind of look at the other groups, as we were kind of saying with, um, with group B and C, you know, a lot of the other groups where I would say were relatively predictable um, with Atletico and Lazio going through in their groups, um, you know, nothing too surprising about that. Um, Man City and Leipzig in theirs and Barcelona and Porto in theirs, you know, um, it was kind of, I guess, what would on paper be, um, yeah, what you would have expected to happen. Um yeah, I mean, we could even briefly touch on Man City um, and kind of, you know, their ease in the Champions League, even though they're struggling form in the in the Premier League. Yeah, it looks like they never got out of second gear and easily won every game. I know Leipzig gave them a scare a few weeks ago. I think they were down to nothing. But of course, they came back to win. I don't know. I just feel like this group stage is pretty boring compared to other years outside of the group of death and group A with Bayern and Manchester United and Copenhagen. I don't know. I just didn't think it was a great group stage this year. I always like to see big upsets and high-scoring games, and we didn't see a whole lot of that. No, we really didn't. Um, and, you know, that wasn't to say it didn't make for some entertaining games. Um, but, yeah, it'll hopefully um, the round of 16 will have a bit more um, bit more spice to it with hopefully, you know, I would love to see Man City come up against a big team. Maybe they come up against PSG. as two teams who are kind of struggling in form. Um in some areas, um, you know, something like that would be really exciting, I think. Um, so I guess we can hope for a more well-balanced, evenly matched round of 16. Um, and yeah, hopefully it only gets better from there. Yeah, and uh, I don't know what you will actually be watching the Europa League instead. Yeah. Well, it's down there now, so might as well. Yeah. I'll Enjoy be it. watching. I'll be watching the Carabao Cup because Chelsea's in no Europe right now. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta. I gotta find a new team to cheer. I guess I'll be cheering for Copenhagen while they're still in the Champions League. Yeah. Hey, you never know. Hey. I'd be really excited to see them make a quarterfinal. Yeah. If they get Dortmund, even Barcelona, who haven't looked great, you yeah. never know. Hey, and I think we've had worse takes that have uh, that have come true on this podcast. So. Not saying they're gonna win the whole thing, but at least if they could push in maybe a couple more games, that would be pretty I fun am. to see. I, I think think they take it. I can't see anyone beating Copenhagen this year. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for uh, for today. Then, um, quick little episode, but um, a nice little uh, sh- nice little recap on the Champions League group stage. Um, yeah, and we look forward to the to the next rounds as we were just saying. Um, but yeah, we also really um, appreciate y'all uh, tuning in for another shorter episode of the football spectacle with just Nick and I today. Hope you enjoyed the um, the two man, the OG two man again. Um, I had a great time. Um, and yeah, we will uh, we will see you all hopefully with all four of us um, for the next episode. Yeah, bye everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into the Football Spectacle.
Make sure to follow us for more thrilling football stories, updates, and analysis.